Well, how about that? The likelihood of Oregon going to the Big Ten? It's not getting less likely. No, it's it's increasing right now. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch the show. I appreciate all of you on YouTube, all of you on podcasts, whichever platform you listen to out there. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. So appreciate everybody. Lots to get to. Big 10 momentum picking up. Is all this affecting recruiting? And a really insightful question that I got in the mailbag that we're going to answer on the end of today's show. So, okay, here we are again, questioning Oregon's future, where they're going to end up, where they could be, where they could go, who's offering, who's talking, who's doing what, this, that, and the other thing. So just to recap where we are at, Colorado is in the Big 12. The Pac-12 media deal was presented to the presidents in some form or fashion on Tuesday. Nothing has been signed nor as a follow-up meeting to, you know, sign the deal or iron out any of the details of that, nor has that taken place. The Big Ten has now reportedly begun an exploratory movement to look at Oregon and Washington primarily and Cal and Stanford secondarily to join their conference after vetting and clearing them a long time ago, which I'll explain in just a moment. And if I were Brett Yormark, I would be trying to get the Arizona schools and Oregon, but that's not necessarily the only play that he's got. And he might look at Oregon and say, okay, their long-term goal might be the Big Ten anyway, so I don't know that we'd want them to come over here. If they would leave our conference one day, we don't want someone who doesn't want to be here. So that's as succinctly as I can put it. Oh, and by the way, the Arizona Board of Regents, which oversees both Arizona and Arizona State, is meeting tonight, as in Thursday night. So if you're listening or watching this on Friday, guess what? We will know what has happened, if anything, there. And we don't know what's going to happen. We know they're going to meet. But we don't know what they're going to say. So we're just going to wait and see. That's kind of how this goes. Wait for the news to come in, read and react, and prognosticate about what might happen next. So the Big Ten has already in the past, there was a report vetted and cleared Oregon and Washington. And I think Stanford and Cal as well. Stanford and Cal would fit the bill to join the Big Ten. Uh, you know, Academically, culturally, they bring a big market into play. It would be Maryland and Rutgers with superior academics. Like that all tracks. But... The vetted and cleared report that came out a long time ago got people kind of up in arms thinking, oh my gosh, does this mean they're going to come come for these schools and whatnot? And the way that I interpreted it at the time was, no, here's what they've done. Their company is set with the number of employees that they have, but they know, like any good business, you have to continue to look for opportunities to grow your business, to grow your product, to expand and grow your market share. So when you think about potential roles that might open up, or perhaps this doesn't apply to the Big Ten, but in the company business world, it might. You think about the prospect of someone leaving your company. Once an opening has been created, whether that's through expansion or subtraction from the current members that you have, you're going to have a group of people or candidates 
on file who you're going to be looking at. You'll give them a further examination at that time, but you're going to have an idea of, okay, if this happens, this is then going to be where we're going to start looking. We're going to begin with these schools. If they say no, then we might go to these schools, or we might look over here. Here are the pluses and minuses of this. The Big Ten having had Oregon on file and Washington as well for a long time is them being prepared for this exact moment in which Oregon and Washington are your flagship institutions for football going forward if you're the pack along with Utah. But you can make the case that Oregon and Washington are the most important, but I'd put Utah in that mix as well. But if you're the Ducks, you're looking at the pack and saying, well, what can you actually offer us? Can we can we get anything by being in the pack or do we need to go elsewhere? Because if financially we're going to be way behind the eight ball, we might need to look elsewhere. And if we don't think we're going to be on linear television enough and it'll hurt exposure and recruiting and such, yeah, we might need to start looking elsewhere. So that's the question that they're trying to answer right now is whatever the pack deal is or details are going to finalize or whatever was actually presented on Tuesday. I know there was a lot of speculation and rumor about it, but we don't actually know because the deal was not actually made public. There was an indication here and there about it was streaming heavy, but not streaming exclusive. They could sublease games. Would a linear partner be involved? We don't know all the details about it, but if it were really, really good, kind of seems like the schools might have signed it on the spot. Maybe it does end up being good enough for the schools to do it. I can't rule that out as a possibility. I also can't rule out the fact that the situation that Oregon and Washington are in right now, they have far less leverage than they did when that report came out about they were vetted and cleared to join the Big Ten. So they have determined, yeah, these are candidates, and now they are forming as Big Ten presidents, rather than just the Big Ten front offices perhaps, but the Big Ten presidents are forming this little committee or endeavor to look at adding Oregon and Washington, maybe Stanford and Cal as well. If I were the Big Ten, heck, I'd go for all four because they are going to come into your conference at whatever rate you offer them right now. You do not need to give them a full share. You don't even need to sniff giving them a full media share for several years. You don't even have to sniff it. You could go to Oregon and Washington and say, we'll give you $40 million. That's just over what half a share I believe is. They could say, we'll give you $35 million. I believe the Big Ten deal pays $75 million per school per year just in media rights. The playoff it, you know, goes up and, and such afterwards when you factor in postseason and yada, yada, yada. They could offer Oregon a half rate. They could offer Oregon, heck, probably a 40% rate. And Oregon and Washington and Stanford and Cal just might take it because the Pac-12 just doesn't appear capable of getting a deal that financially is on par with the other conferences. So the likelihood that Oregon goes to the Big Ten, is there a guarantee here? No, but the likelihood is going up because they have been prepared for this moment for a while and they have also made a quote that is incredibly, incredibly telling. So the Big Ten Conference released a statement. Weird concept, I know. Conference releasing a statement, my goodness. It said, quote, The Big Ten Conference is still focused on integration of USC and UCLA. But, there's some quote in here about everything that comes before the word but is irrelevant. 
But it's also the commissioner's job to keep conference chancellors and presidents informed about new developments as they occur. Translation. Oregon, Washington, and maybe Stanford and Cal are available really cheaply right now, probably more cheap than they would have been when Kevin Warren wanted to add them when he was Big Ten commissioner far before Tony Petiti took over a couple months ago. Petiti and the Big Ten have been making it very clear over the last several months. We're not looking to add right now. Eh, we're okay. But they can remain consistent in the eyes of the public and go after Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal here because they can say, well, the circumstances changed. The media deal was presented to the Pac-12. We understood what the valuation was there, and we were able to get them at a rate that is less than what they would have cost had we offered them membership in the conference last August or September or in January and March or whenever because they feel like they are in a more desperate situation right now because they probably are from their vantage point. Oregon and Washington, Stanford and Cal, that is. So that's why the Big Ten could be making a move. I don't know for sure that it's going to happen. I'll be watching the Arizona Board of Regents meeting later tonight to see what goes down and whether or not the Big Ten then makes a move and whether or not the ACC gets involved here. Like Florida State is not very happy over there. Are they going to use that to get unequal revenue sharing? Are they going to become involved? I don't know. There's still so many different chess pieces that have to be moved on the board before somebody can put uh, can can put their king down and say checkmate. So that's where we're at at this point in time. And, and I have a thought about the ACC idea because I think it's intriguing. LinkedIn Jobs is also intriguing because these days every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there really easily, create a free job post in minutes, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's what the Big Ten's doing right now. They're trying to figure out, is Oregon and Washington the ideal pair of candidates? Are Stanford and Cal schools that we think are just right for the job? That's what they're trying to figure out. They should be using LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Always excellent, always effective, the second segment sip. Here's my thought on the ACC. Florida State is not happy there right now. They either want unequal revenue sharing and they are making these comments to try and create leverage to obtain that, or they are serious and are going to work very hard with their lawyers to get out of the ACC grant of rights and go to another conference, probably alongside Clemson and or uh, Miami. Virginia has been tossed around in there. Like It's, it's kind of up in the air on that front. But the ACC is interesting because here's how I, I, I'm just saying there's a possibility here. I think this is actually the least likely, but just consider this scenario. Let's say Arizona and Arizona State, whose board of regents are one in the same, so they're unlikely to split up and they're largely seen as a package deal. Let's say they decide to go to the Big 12. And let's say Utah 
wants into the Big 12 all of a sudden. Even though Utah has been one of the most publicly ardent supporters of the pack, maybe they've seen that they have to change their tune, even though they didn't want to. Much like, I don't think Colorado wanted to go to the Big 12, but they felt forced to. Utah could be in the same boat here, uh, depending on how things shake out. But if Arizona and Arizona State get into the Big 12, I suspect Oregon would call Brett Yormark and say, hey, we'd like to come join your conference. What do you say? And Brett Yormark might tell them, no, we feel like you're going to go to the Big 10 if they offer you one day, and we only want schools that want to be here and can commit to staying here. So we're going to go with Utah. And besides, we'd want to bring you in with Washington, and then we've added both Arizona schools, so we can't do that. So Oregon and Washington now are sitting there thinking, well, what are we supposed to do? If the Arizona schools are gone, that leaves us with seven schools. And Utah's gone, that leaves us with six schools, and we're all out west? If the Big Ten decides, nope, we're still not going to do this, which is what they've decided before. And the Big 12 says, nope, we only want schools whose top option is to join the Big 12. That is where I could see the ACC getting involved. Because think about this. The reason the ACC's deal is complicated and hard to get out of is because the grant of rights has been signed by all parties involved through 2036. So Florida State is trying to find a way out of that. They haven't yet succeeded. Maybe they could. But ESPN who their contract is with and exclusively with ESPN, their media rights deal, they are not in any spot to desire the ACC to renegotiate their deal because if the ACC went to the market right now, it would be more expensive. So ESPN has ACC on the cheap compared to what they would get if they were starting from scratch like the Pac-12 is trying to do with Apple here and get a new contract. So the ACC's deal with ESPN is largely seen as, eh, it's not going to move, it's not going to change, can't do all this sort of stuff. But, 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 if the Big 12 adds Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, ESPN would not have a presence, aside from Arizona, I guess, because they're a part of the Big 12's media deal, they wouldn't have a presence out West. And I wonder... If ESPN wouldn't look at the situation and say, okay, how could we somehow finagle away, adjust the contract, work things out to put these four schools into the ACC? Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal. You'd have two major media markets and a smaller one, Bay Area, Seattle, and a smaller one, Portland. You'd have the biggest brand that's left out west in Oregon going in. I would hope Washington State and Oregon State could come along for the ride. I doubt that would be the case. You'd be moving those schools into a conference, and this especially matters for Stanford and Cal, that academically and culturally aligns with what they are seeking. The ACC has a lot of really, really good schools. Duke, for instance, is a great school. North Carolina, Virginia, those sorts of institutions. That matters to Stanford and Cal. Less so to Oregon, but definitely matters to them. And ESPN would be able to stay in the late night window game. Because right now, ESPN isn't it. It's why I've always thought ESPN would be a part of the Pac-12 media deal in some capacity if it ended up coming to fruition. Because I don't see how ESPN wants to just abandon the late night content in there. So if it plays out that way, if the Big Ten comes calling, Oregon will go, Washington will go, I think Stanford and Cal would also go if they got an offer there. But 
if the Big Ten decides, nope, we are still good at 16, and the Big 12 says, nope, we only want schools whose top option is to be here, then I would watch for the ACC. Just a thought. Now, this leads to a question. Uh, mailbag, always open. Now, I am recording a show for tomorrow that will be reacting to the news of the day on Thursday. However, all next week, there will be four shows. I have already recorded all of them. We're starting to dive into Oregon's schedule. I am out of town for a while in a place that does not have exceptional internet and allow me to record shows. I can still interact with you guys via the Twitter DMs or YouTube comments, which are the best ways to send in, and the only ways, frankly, to send in a mailbag question. Sometimes people do Facebook Messenger or Instagram. Not preferred. YouTube comments and Twitter are the best ways to reach me. So I'm happy all vacation. I, I won't, you know be out in the woods and just away from the internet entirely and such, but I will not be actively recording shows the way that uh, I usually do. So don't worry. You're still going to have your content next week. Shows Monday through Thursday. Then I'll be back the following week uh, and we'll, we'll get back to Monday through Friday recording shows the day before they air. But if you want to get in touch with me during that time, at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks, DMs and mentions wide open. Happy to interact with you all the entire time. This question came in from Dennis. Question for the mailbag. Spencer, as long as Oregon's conference affiliation remains in limbo, do you think it has an adverse effect on potential recruits' decision to end up in Eugene? I calmly await your SAGE, in all caps, perspective. I like being associated with the word SAGE. I dig that. I dig it. The answer at this point in time is no, but the answer is also we don't know for certain. But here's something to ponder as we await what Oregon's move is going to be in all this realignment stuff. Throughout all of the uncertainty and the cloud that this is hung over the conference and it's just dumping rain nonstop in typical Northwest fashion, Dan Lanning got a contract extension and a raise. Would Oregon be doing that if they weren't confident they were going to land somewhere all right conference-wise? And they've continued to recruit well. I know they've missed on a number of recruits that we were hoping they would land. But every indication I've seen is that it hasn't been because of the conference not having a media deal or Oregon's future being uncertain. I suspect with the way Oregon has been able to recruit and the way they continue to be in on kids and get down into, you know, kids top fives, like being down in the top two for Justin Williams, top three for Elijah Rushing, you know, we didn't get those guys. But all those stuff, all that stuff lines up to make me ponder. Does Oregon have some assurance that they feel confident enough to tell high school recruits right now? between the landing contract and just the lack of overall panic and such, do they know something about what their future conference alignment is going to hold that we don't, that makes them think, yeah, we're going to be fine? Because Oregon has been a part of the Pac-12 for the last many months without a media deal, and guess what? We're top 15 in the country. Not where we'd like to be, want to get higher, still can get higher. But at no point in time, as all this stuff has intensified and Colorado's left the conference, have I heard from any of my recruiting sources and people that cover the situation that all of a sudden Oregon's out on Brandon Baker or that they can't get Williams-Winary or that Aiden Breland's off the board 
or that uh, Bear, the wide receiver, the speedster from, from Idaho, that Oregon suddenly can't go get him. I think Bear is down to a couple other schools, so that might have not been the best example. But all the other names that, that I listed there, the answer to your question appears to be no. And until I see evidence to the contrary, I have no reason to believe that that's the case. And I do really wonder if they know something in Eugene internally that we do not, and we will soon find out. So that's how I answer that question. Speaking of commits, by the way, the Ducks picked one up. Now it's a zero-star recruit, so it's not making a whole lot of news. Kid's name is Cade Cotton or Coton. It's C-O-T-O-N. I'm going to go with Cotton. Cade Cotton, he's from the state of Texas, zero-star recruit. Here's what I will say with him. That is a kid. He's like 6'5", 240. He plays tight end, 2024 class. He may never do anything for the Ducks. But if he does, it'll be a great story. It will. If he catches a touchdown for the Ducks, we look back and go, remember when that kid was a zero-star recruit? Here he is putting up six points. If he makes a play in a big moment in a big game, if he throws a key block, if he does something on special teams... I'm just saying, that would be a really cool story. It's not that noteworthy. I mean, he's coming from the state of Texas, so he's playing against a lot of kids. Chance he's been overlooked as literally a zero-star recruit. Oregon doesn't add those sorts of kids very often. But I wonder, you know, is it a preferred walk-on situation or are they just looking to add depth? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. It popped up and I thought, you know what? If that kid were to suddenly become an impact player, that'd be a great story zero star recruit coming out of high school who suddenly is a number two tight end for the ducks never know big kid six five two forty don't think he has all world athleticism like Kenyon sadiq but he's got the size so you never know all right here's a great question i love this question you know why it's a football question we're talking about actual football here we talk about we, we we talk about practice we, we we talk not not the game not the get we we talking about practice man we talk about football. We talk about football. Not realignment. Not not realign. We talk about football. The other one I was thinking of was the uh was it Jim yeah, Jim Mora. Playoffs? You don't want to talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Anyway, realignment? I don't want to talk about realignment. I just want to talk about football. I just hope we can talk about football. Okay, I'm done. This from Dylan. What impact does USC and Utah's preseason injuries, Cam Rising and Bear Alexander more specifically, have on Oregon's Pac-12 championship odds? This is a fantastic question because Cam Rising is expected to be able to play in the Florida game, but he tore his ACL or banged up his knee in a bad way, required a procedure. He missed all his spring ball in the Rose Bowl. That game is played on January 1st. So that's about a typically six to nine month recovery time. It's been a big offseason topic for Utah. The answer is the Bear Alexander one. He's a defensive lineman who transferred in from Georgia to USC, former five-star recruit that will significantly bolster just the, the caliber of physical bodies that USC's got on their front on their front defensive line or on their defensive front rather. The sorts of guys that just haven't been super common in the Lincoln Riley era, uh, which has only lasted one year. But like going back to his time in Oklahoma, they just haven't had those sorts of guys. And if he and Anthony Lucas can live up to their potential, USC 
it'll be their Pac-12 championship to lose. I suspect it might be anyway because Caleb Williams is really good. But the Cam Rising one is the most interesting because it is one that he's, first of all, I want him to recover. I want everybody to be at their best. I want him to be healthy. We've played with an injured quarterback. It stinks. It's no fun. But it's football. That sort of stuff can happen. And this is a legitimate storyline. I'm not, you know, drumming stuff up or trying to be controversial or anything. So Cam Rising's injury is the biggest question for Utah going into this year, in my view. I talked about it on Locked On Pac-12, you know, a week or 10 days or a week or 10 days ago or so. Because if you told me right now, Cam Rising plays, you know, two of three non-conference games, right? Plays Florida and Baylor, but then sits out Weber State and then has to miss one or two Pac-12 games. The games that he could potentially have to miss, had to miss one a year ago, by the way, did not play at Washington State and Utah squeaked out a win. But if Cam Rising, let's say he plays, let's, let's say he plays eight games in Pac-12 play, of which there are nine. The one game that he misses, which no one might be able to decide, could change everything. And it doesn't even have to be the Oregon game. If Utah, let's say for instance, let's say Cam Rising misses the Arizona game and Utah has to play without him. Arizona could pull an upset there and win that football game. And then suddenly, even if we have to play against Cam Rising, who we defended exceptionally well in the best defensive outing the Ducks had in 2022, but he is a very good player, as we know, and has been for the last couple of years in this conference, leading the Utes to back-to-back Pac-12 championships. If he has to miss the Arizona game, and then Arizona pulls an upset of Utah there, or if he goes down at halftime and the backups can't get it done, that could help Oregon. Because then Utah might have a loss they wouldn't otherwise have had. Now, if he misses the USC game, maybe they were going to lose that one anyway. If he misses the Oregon game, yeah, that could have a major, major impact, of course. So the answer is, you know, it, it sounds kind of crude to say, but the more that Cam Rising gets banged up, which I don't want to have happen, the greater everyone else's chances become. But it's true for anybody, right? Michael Penix has an injury history. Bo Nix got hurt last year. Caleb Williams got dinged up in the Pac-12 title game. When you're a quarterback-driven league, the way the Pac-12 is, and you have these teams that are centered around great quarterbacks, when they go down, yes, some teams are going to be able to respond better than others. I mean, we know if Bo Nix goes down with an injury, who feels good about the backup quarterback situation? I do not. I don't feel confident that Ty Thompson could go in there and Oregon could play at a Pac-12 championship level. Because I've seen no indication that that's the case. Would love for that to change if, God forbid, it would come to pass. But I don't see a world in which that just suddenly materializes this year. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm wrong. But the backup quarterback is the position that nobody thinks about until everybody thinks about it. So I think the Bear Alexander injury that he's dealing with right now is less impactful because he's on along the defensive line. But if Cam Rising can't play a full season this year... That could take a team out of Oregon's path as they seek to return to the Pac-12 championship game. They could still be a good team, but they might not be the great team that they're capable of being. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.